As iron sharpens iron, darling, so it is one woman sharpen another. Welcome to the Woman Ride Podcast, hosted by Anainan Otterwell and Cynthia Lyon, building strong women of color, the cultivation of the mindset. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us yet again. I am Anainan Otterwell and I am with my co-host Cynthia Lyon. We are joined by our guest, her name is Lakim Tembu. On this episode, we'll be unpacking part two of Healing and Trauma. So make sure that you listen to the previous episode of part one of Healing and Trauma so that you can be able to catch up on this one. As Lucky will be unpacking her story and also giving us an in-depth of the traumas that she went through and how she's trying to heal from all those traumas. So please stay tuned. So do you think the justice system might have helped you or it failed you? What role did they play in your situation? Um, I mean, you know, with my, with my dealings with our justice system, guys, our justice system, oh, Lord, what is the cost? guys in South Africa <laughs> Lord <laughs> so, <laughs> like taking matters into their own hands because and mm. you can't blame them can't, because some things are going to take and be dragged for years and years and oh, in Kandor, mm. it's just the whole process the legal fees all these years like it's just yeah and in my situation, there was also a lot of bribing going on. I mean, you you, you cannot you cannot as a as a police officer, I, I I you know if I took a bed and moved into that police station there, there's a specific one where I was always at. If I went and mm-hmm. took a bed and moved in there, they wouldn't tell the difference whether I've moved in or not because that's how much I was there because of the issue I was facing with this guy. And I remember there was a point... Pardon? And I was saying, and they still could not help you. Or not even could not help you, not want to help you because they were being bribed. They told me that I need to... They can't find him. That was number one. So I said, how, how can you not find someone whose address you know? They couldn't answer that question. And then the other thing they said was, um, well, I need to deal with him. I was like, what do you mean I need to deal with him? Oh, exactly. said, so you must handle it yourself. What is the point? Exactly. So they said I need to deal with him. Um, so that, but then, so I need to deal with him, but I must make sure that it doesn't come back to me because they will arrest me. Okay, let's go back a bit <laughs> before mm. the entire healing journey. So after, um, so I don't know if you remember the Karabomokwena story. Yes, I do. Burnt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, this was now after the smear campaign. Um, and after he, was it after? Yes, he was terrorizing my family because he couldn't find me. And I decided to go to Yazin. This guy, the day he finds me, this is going to happen to me. 
because he's, he hasn't stopped looking for me. He legit has not stopped looking for me. I remember, um, okay, no, this is coming. I'll tell you about, yo, okay. So, um, yeah, layers, <laughs> indeed. There are so wow. many layers to the story. So, um, I went, I went crazy on Twitter. Like the girl went ham on Twitter. And eventually I got the attention of, of the minister of police at the time. And he sent through um, a complaints officer, yeah, who's still a very good friend of mine until this day. Mm. And you know what? I said in that Twitter thread, Oguti, first of all, I said all the things that these police have not been doing. And then I said, Oguti, if this guy is not caught and something is done to him, trust me, somebody is going to die. It might not be me because he can't find me, but he's generally a threat to society. Like, literally. So somebody is going to die. And sure enough, seven months later, he did murder someone and and burned her body. And the, the crazy thing, the crazy thing is that I always say to this day, and it brings tears to my eyes and it gives me shivers. That girl, may her soul rest in peace. That girl, I feel like died in my place. I say this because, so the protection order had been granted, right? Um, mm. And Nakon, it was granted under um, circumstances that aren't normal because he wasn't coming to court. And he knew that mm. by not coming to court and not availing himself to sign this protection order, that That's there was nothing happened. hanging over his head. So I had told yeah. myself, this was protection order number five. And I told myself, if I have to go to court every month until 2023, that is what I am going to do. Because... At least then, if anything does happen to me, they will realize, okay, this girl re- literally went to court every single month wow. because clearly this was the issue. So he mm. knew that this thing was hanging over his head because the reason why it was protection order number five was because he would do the same thing in, um, with the other protection orders where he wouldn't come to court and he'd stop his nonsense. And I would relax and be like, okay, he stopped terrorizing me. As soon as I cancel it, he would start again. Thank and you. he would you know, raise, raise the bar in the, the, this nonsense he was doing. So even the protection order was granted under you know, my circumstances and and so, um, so it had been granted and he couldn't deal with the fact that it had been granted. So I took it to, my, to the, the, the copy that needs to be with the police to my local police station. And um, okay, so it chilled there. And then I remember, this was early January. I remember I was sitting and an SMS comes in saying, thank you for ordering pizza. SMS come to and I'm like, mm. no, but the girl did not know order pizza. Yeah. What is this? What's going on? You know? And mm. I call them. I'm like, guys, um, did I I just got an order that I ordered a pizza? And they're like, yeah. And then you called back to cancel it. I was like, nah, mm-mm. Can I speak to your manager? So they put me through to their manager. I tell him what's going on, that I feel like mm-hmm. this guy 
somehow got my number because I changed my number so many times, somehow got my number. So he knew the vicinity of where I was, just not where exactly. So I feel like yeah. that day he sat down and called all the fast food outlets in the area, literally all the fast food outlets in the area to try and find where I was. So I tell the manager what just happened. Uh, I mean, what's been going on for the past couple of years. And he's, he tells me, okay, so they record every call so I can come in and they can let me listen to the call. So anyway, yeah. I go in and they let me listen to the call. And as I'm listening, lo and behold, it is him. Um, he got my number somehow, gives them my number. And at the end of the call, you know how Debanez or a delivery artist will say, okay, so delivery confirmed for, and then they say the address. Yeah. And it's like, ah, they did exactly that. So this guy now had my address. He probably didn't mm-hmm. hear it. He probably didn't hear it from the get-go, which is why he probably canceled the order so that he can call again now with the pen on hand, but I moved quick enough for him to not do that because I went, I immediately went to the, to Debanez. I got this recording, went to the cops where I had given my protection order. They called him and told him that he must try. He must try one more time and he'll see what happens to him. But now I was like, but guys, now I'm not safe because that's also exactly. a problem. It's a problem. If, if, why doesn't the person, it's a loophole even in these systems, you know, even at Debanez, why are you, I mean, of course, you wouldn't think there's someone who's this demented in their heads, but the situation was that this is what I'm going through. And this person has now gained access because you just confirmed my address to them of where I am, you know? And literally the day after that, the day after that, this is when, um, or on the same day in the evening, I I can't remember, um, was the day that this girl was murdered. And then a few days after that, there was a search for him and then he was arrested. And I really feel like hadn't this girl passed on, this guy was getting closer and closer to finding me. Yeah. Like he was so close. Like it was so, so close. And hadn't like, seen him leave. Especially that on. he got to address like exactly. order. So literally... Yeah. It was very close. I'm sure it was like that part. I got her now. Yeah. People who... People who don't understand the dynamics of what a toxic relationship is like or what an abusive relationship is like. And actually, so this is not... This was not just toxic or abusive. It was a narcissistic relationship, which just takes a a league of its own, right? Um, People don't understand the dynamics of what goes through in such such relationships because it doesn't, he doesn't, the abusive abusive person doesn't wake up and starts hitting you. He starts with dealing and manipulating with your psyche, you know, psychologically break you down there for like up mm. there basically yeah basically his control over your mind and everything and he's shattered you like completely that's when he can now 
take it up and ham. Yeah, that's when he, yeah. So people that have never been in this situation don't understand that, which is one of the reasons why I decided to start the Noctula Legacy, named after my mother. So Noctula was my mother's name. Um, oh, okay. It was to hold women through what they are going through because unless you've been in a situation, I mean, I, I feel like of all the stories I've heard, I mean, I don't want to make my story the, the, the story or the special story, but based on yeah, based on most stories that I've heard, I mean, I, I, I went through it. Like I went through it and the stories that people come to me with, it's, it's like for me to help with, it, it's like, Oh, if I compare yeah. what I went, it's like I can help you because it's nothing compared to what I went through, if that makes sense. Even though it's bad, it's but it's bad, nothing, but, hmm, yeah. it's it nothing compared to what I went through. So, uh, so it's, 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 it's helping women also understand what's happening because after a relationship like that, you lose yourself. Like you really, really lose yourself. And it's a struggle to try and find yourself again and to try find your identity again because in the process of all the uh, emotional and abuse and manipulation you you lose yourself because that that is the point the abuser is trying to get you to lose who you are as a person your individuality as a person so that you can be their little puppet and they can do whatever they want to do with you right and i think this is something that we don't understand um or maybe let me say people who have not experienced gender-based violence understand like how long can you leave that man he's abusing you and then you keep going mm. back and you don't understand what's it john but you don't understand mm. this person has to first deal with you psychologically break you down to the point where mm. you even feel like you are nothing without him like there's mm. there's no way you can go like we are seeing her so now it's mm. for us looking at it from the outside, we're like, I don't understand why women who are doing they yeah. leave. Like I don't get it. But then the mm. thing is we don't understand that this person has damaged them like, or like the person damages that other person psychologically, like mm. so bad that that person doesn't even see themselves like alone or see herself alone. Mm. And I, I think that also it, it's the fact that you know I I'm, I'm in an industry that requires a lot of self-esteem and a lot of confidence, right? And yeah. the fact that it happened to me should give an indication that it can happen to literally anyone. anyone. If the person is able to get into your head, they can literally break you down to the point of no return. Because my self-esteem mm -hmm. was literally laying there by the wayside, girl, like... It was non-existent. I, I, I had no. to, I had to rebuild, like properly rebuild. You had to start from scratch, like, like rock bottom, like mm. below really. rock bottom. Like I was, be, I was, I was beyond ground level. <laughs> like it was bad. It was so bad. Was, uh, so, so yeah. So it knocked to the legacy, guys. Also, um, based on what you said, you're you're absolutely right. So what happens is that people that are looking in from the outside and advising you, no, leave this person, do this, do that. They don't understand what's happening inside of you as the victim. 
and mm -hmm. they get annoyed every time you go back. So for me, because mm -hmm. I've been in a situation like that, what the NGO is aiming to do is sort of like be a support structure for those women. Um, yeah. be a direct support structure for the women going through this and also to, to bring about awareness of what, of how families can support these women by helping them understand what's actually going on. Because the problem is that as soon as these women feel rejected because now um, the family is upset at them for going back to this partner, that just means that the, the manipulator or the abuser abuser has the upper hand because yeah. now there's shame now connected to all of this because as the woman you are feeling because you know deep down inside you know you're not supposed to go back you know you know this is a bad situation and you going back means that you feel like oh this person that advised me and my family or, or my friendship system um will feel some type of way towards me so sometimes they don't even say that they've gone back to their abuser, you know? So it, yes. it, it's, it's, it's a mess. Like, it's such a mess. And that, that literally boils down. And no one, I'm not blaming anyone in this, in this situation. It's just a place of lack of knowledge of what's going on, mm -hmm. which is why we need to put the knowledge out there of what actually happens to a woman who is in this state. And also to help the woman in terms of, her being empowered and helping her understand that this is what is happening to you. And the other part, yeah, so it's that, and then challenging also these laws around protection orders, because why on earth, why the hell must my perpetrator consent to staying away from me? Why must that be a exactly. thing? Because if I am applying for protection I mean, Exactly. Because that's the whole point. Mm. I'm not trying to stay away from you because then how am I going to abuse you if I stay away from you? So that's, that, that's the other thing for me that, that you know, that, that a light has shone on in this whole struggle that I had uh, with the justice system and Jay, everything that was going on. Uguti, why must this guy, the fact that I had to go to court from March up until December, and even what December, Bashuguti, they're not supposed to, this is not usually done, but based on the circumstances, it needs to be done. Why? But it's crazy. Why, must, why must they get consent from that party? First of all, first of all. Why? Right. You already say your life is in danger, you need protection. No, he's not doing that. <laughs> exactly <laughs> he's not going no. to do that so yeah it's, so it's all those things yeah, that, that are keeping women in bondage and then the other part yeah, which was I always call this my burning bush because okay now I'm going to get into preacher mode so um, I need to you know, <laughs> so you know the story of Moses right um and this is this is how I, I really because after I, I can't even remember, but it's a word that God gave me before he sat me down. What's he babes? Listen, 
I, I get what you want to do with the women empowerment, protecting the women. That's all great and good. Awesome. Do it, honorable member. But this is what mm. we need to focus on even more because there's so many other organizations that are doing that already. You and I yeah. are dealing with this because you have no business trying to do what I'm about to tell you to do. But because you have no business trying to do what I'm about to tell you to do, no one's going to question it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so God is like, um, so you know, story of Moses, right? He was, um, an Israelite that was raised as an Egyptian, right? And then yeah. at one point, uh, he kills an Egyptian uh, man and, and buries him because Wailelua, Wai one of his Israelite brothers. So he goes and he disappears into the wilderness for 40 years. And one day while he was minding his own business, um, herding his sheep, he sees a burning bush. So he yeah. goes to investigate what's going on with the burning bush. And as yeah. he interacts with the burning bush, God starts speaking to him, right? Yeah. Okay, my guy, you need to go back to Egypt. And he's like, what do you mean? I ran away from Egypt. Make it make sense. Exactly. <laughs> like, make it make sense. And he's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you are going to go back to Egypt and free Amma Israelites, right? And he's yeah. like, Johnny Sway. Anyway, so anyway, he ends up going there. So my burning bush or what God said to me when I realized my, Moses, my story is very similar to that of Moses was that God yeah. was saying, Uguti, you need to be the one that creates vulnerable um, platforms for men to be vulnerable so that they deal with their traumas so that we can start mm -hmm. paving a way forward for a peaceful society. Yeah. I was like, sorry, make it make sense. What? Wow. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's what that's what we are doing, Bates. That's that's what the Noctula Noctula means, mother of peace. And yeah. that is what you and I are going to be doing with this um, NGO. Like, yes, do the women empowerment things, you know, do that. Like, go for it. But also, because you are the one person who has no business trying to understand why men do the things that they do, means that there's no one who's going to come to you and say, it's because you don't understand. Because if we're being honest, you're the one person who does understand. Therefore, you are the one person who needs to be the platform creator and the, the person that brings about conversations that you know society keeps running away from. Because right now, especially on social media, guys, like there's just this this mm -hmm. men against women, feminism, this um um misogyny, whatever, whatever, I misogynity. Mean, I, I really bow to this. It's I do I think mm. we're living in a time where we're now being open about a lot of things. Mm. And one of those things is that you know what men are raised to be strong. I'm not saying men should yeah. not be strong. I mean nobody wants a man, but I'm saying yeah. The problem is now the way they were raised, like in Kali, in Medicine, you must mm. look for weakness, you must the problem is they bottle all the things and the bad experiences yeah, they, they have growing up. So mm. and eventually some girl will be a victim to the of abuse. That. Right? Of everything right? that he's gone through that he couldn't mm. deal with, he couldn't explain, he couldn't let out. So mm. now he outlet him on somebody else's daughter. Because that's the other thing. I need to based on the fact that 
He's a masculine person. Masculine means protection. Protection means violent. I, I'm supposed to be violent. Mm -hmm. So now the person that bears that brand is violent to that person and using this masculinity towards them instead of for them. In yeah. fighting for them so yeah it, it's it, it was very hard for me to it took a while for me to accept that assignment i was like yo god i don't know dog yo. Big it's a lot bro. Yeah, it's, it's a lot first of all you have to have you must also be patient because mm. You know, men men are not quick to open up. They're not. So if you want to be the one to lead these Israelites out of Egypt, like taking men out of that situation that and letting situation. them be open, you know, yeah. then you you're gonna have to have God by your side and patience of course, because of course. Well, men 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 don't just open up, Jay. They don't. You know? They don't. But that's, that's they also don't like confronting things that they've gone through. Like maybe. Some of them experienced like being beaten or whatever by their parents or drunk, a drunkard father, whatever. Back um, then, rape. go back to those emotions. Yeah, it's exactly. I know a guy who once told me, opened up to me that he was actually once raped. I think it was in primary school, mm -hmm. but he's never told his family, he's Anyone. never told anybody, but he told mm -hmm. me. And you know, and it was a thing of what, and I think that was also one of the reasons why he might have acted a certain way or might have acted a bit funny, but I never thought, you know, it's, it's that deep. Gandhi, well, how is he lot. supposed to open up to his that he was raped? When 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 um when a man is, is sexual when sexual abuse for a man is seen as you know, it, it, it's like no it, it, it was torture. He was raped like, by another guy. So it's not even yeah. with her, Ujile, with it was a girl. It was oh a guy. God. So we are the embarrassments that come because mm. I also think that as men with men is that they're not having these conversations. You see, as women, I mean we out here, we're having this conversation right now. Mm. We mm. need more men. Mm men having such platforms where they have these conversations and they're brutally honest because now how is somebody supposed to come and be like i was raped by a guy without the niggas laughing and then making a joke with your own daughter yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? and they and they and they do and they do that that's the sad thing so you know we i think everyone has so much to to heal from even ladies that that i opened up to and told oh, mm -hmm. this is what happened to me when i was four years old almost 95 percent of the time the response is how yes nami and it's like this problem is bigger mm -hmm. than i thought because i mean mm -hmm. we are all we are all bottling things that we are that we are dealing with by ourselves which might which mm -hmm. might actually makes sense as to why everyone is yabonje our peer group people are angry and it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. why like why wow. there are traumas that are undealt with there's healing that, that hasn't 
that is that has not taken place and so you know that's why i said earlier with my my first steps towards you know this healing journey was okay first grieve you know just grieve right and then deal with yourself try and understand why because you not i can show up every day i mean i would walk on rats i would do shoots i would do this and that would say, oh, shame, you know, this and that, you know, she values herself. She loves herself based on the things that I was doing and based on how I was carrying myself and based on how I would speak. But clearly I didn't, you know, I mean, some of the things that I did, you know, um, I, I was a smoker as well at some point. And mm-hmm. this was part of trying to, to deal with everything. And I yeah. would drink, I would drink my head into I don't know what necessization because I was not okay. And I did not mm-hmm. know my reason for drinking that much is because I am numbing something that I'm not even aware of. And all of yeah. that went back to when I was four. Uguti child, you need to deal with that because. All, all of this happening, everything that happened in your life post all of that is because mm-hmm. of that one thing that happened. And once you've dealt with that one thing or at least bring brought it to the surface and understand, Uti, this is the root of why all of this is going on. These are just a few valuable lessons that I have learned during this episode. Um, when Lucky mentioned that the justice system failed her multiple times when she was applying for a protection order, um, there's something that stood out for me, and that is her spirit of perseverance, her resilient spirit. Like she kept on trying and trying. She could have decided, you know what, let me just commit suicide, let me just give up, let me just let this man find me and kill me. But instead, she was like, no, I'm going to keep on fighting to be protected. I'm going to keep on fighting for my protection, fighting for my life, fighting for myself. I'm not just going to give up. I'm not just going to give in to this man's arms for him to just do whatever he pleases and kill me, basically. I, she just was like, no, nah, I'm just not going to let that happen. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep going back to the police station. I'm going to keep reapplying for this protection order until it is granted. So that stood out for me. You know, that perseverance that I'm just going to keep pushing through. I'm going to keep trying. I'm not just going to throw in the towel. And she had, honestly, she had every reason to commit suicide, to just give up on life. Because, you know, this man had broken her down psychologically so much that she literally had to start from rock bottom, find herself again, who she is. You know, her self-esteem was deteriorated. Like, so much had gone south in her life this man was also responsible for her mother's for her mother's death now that is also something that you know we could say is unforgivable but she had to she had to get through that and also during that time she lost her grandmother so her support system was also not there anymore and she was just going through all these things but she just kept on pushing another thing also that we actually discussed or she mentioned in part one was that she was doing her master's degree during this whole time. You know, that whole tragic, all these tragic events that were happening, at that time she was actually doing her master's degree. And I'm like, what, girl? And she didn't drop it. I'm like, what? There was just so much going on, and she just kept on pushing. Even the time she had to go in hiding um, in KZN, 
when she was running away from this ex-fiance who was trying to find her and kill her, she was modeling then KZN. You know, she didn't stop with her dreams. She didn't put them on hold and be like, okay, or just basically decide, okay, it's over, it's done with me. She kept on pushing. I don't know how she did it. Honestly, it's God's grace that carried her through. Like, there's, there's no other explanation. There's no other logical explanation. But it wasn't easy. I think that's just the thing that we need to also highlight. It really wasn't easy for her. All these things were very difficult. Um, she's still unlearning things now, you know, that she ha- she learned those bad habits or whatever. There's things that she's still unlearning, things that she's still breaking down. You know, she's still finding herself. There's, there's he- like, healing is not a one-day thing. It's not a one-year thing. Some things take time, you know. And I think also one thing we don't want to, like, sort of, undermine or whatever is that the healing process is is messy and obviously now it's just sort of like summarized events of what happened in her life the the trauma she faced so it seems like oh man you know rest rough story tough but hey she just got through like that it was hell it was hell and we're not trying to like sugarcoat it or downplay it it was hell she went through so much, even substance abuse, went through so many therapy sessions. Like, it literally took so much for her to get to where she is, but she didn't give up on herself. And that is the biggest lesson of it all. Wow. Even now, she has the Noctula legacy that she wants, where she wants to use that platform to to encourage other ladies, to uplift other ladies, to also be a support structure for ladies that are going through gender-based violence, but also with this um, burning bush, her burning bush where she's trying, she's, where she wants to use that platform to, to basically allow men to open up, allow men to detangle or untangle, allow men to, to open up and unlearn the bad habits or the things that they might be they might have learned the bad habits basically so that they can become good men, you know, for for other people, but also good dads for kids, for their kids one day and so forth because it honestly starts with one person. So, yeah, we honestly learn so much, so much from um, Lucky's story and we're really grateful that she got to share this with us. It was totally worth the listen, worth the time. And honestly, there's so many layers to a story. We can't cover entirely everything. But really, I think that we could learn so many things from all of this. We'd like to thank everyone that is continuously supporting us. And we are so grateful for the positive feedback that we get from you guys. So please feel free to send us a DM on Instagram at women underscore right at women underscore right. Sharing your insights or comments about our episodes. And also, if you'd like to become a guest on one of our episodes, tackling a topic of your choice that is in line with our vision and our mission, please feel free to send us a DM as well. Thank you guys for tuning in and we can't wait to have you on our next next one.